Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Heat Wave. 32 teams in 32 days and we are breaking down every single fantasy relevant player for the upcoming season. And today we are going to be focusing on the Cleveland Browns. I am your host Tim Petropoulos. I am the EIC of BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Broto app. And I am joined by my brother Michael, the king of this fantasy thing and the lead fantasy analyst for Broto. What's up Mike? What's up, Tim? Glad to be here. Glad to be here. And Matt Ward, the Dynasty Don and the Fantasy Encyclopedia himself. What's up, my brother? Nah, we're good, man. Always good. Speaking of the app, I I wasn't speaking of the app, but that's what it says (laughs) on this thing that I read. Uh, Download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app today for free and get every tool you need to become your own expert and dominate fantasy football. Every stat you hear us say today can be found on this app where you can find fantasy player cards, which is basically everything you need about a player in one compact tool, fantasy player grades, a broader exclusive usage charts, uh, a start sit during the season and a who to draft tool right now in the most important time of the season, player comps, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single stat that you need, including advanced stats and exclusive stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, uh, true air yards and true matchup rankings. You see, it's a nice and true your branding hashtag. Uh, this app is free because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. We cannot do this without you for real. That's why the app is free because you guys pay for it, to be honest. Uh, that's how that's how it, it, it rolls, right? So if you would like to support that, if you'd like the app to keep being free instead of it being like a you know an in-app purchase kind of thing or a subscription kind of thing, which is what you would get for any other type like we're pretty unique. If you want to keep it that way, please join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. For as little as three dollars a month, you support the app, you support the site, you support the content, plus extra waiver wire show every week, access to Broto Leagues, proven DFS cash game optimizers, access to cheat seats, private team consultations, access to the Discord, the best community in the world, Michael's best ball guide, which Michael had the best, um, the best advance rate there it is for any expert that we've that we've seen 37.5% and he wrote a guy and if you join the patreon it's completely free $15 on brotofantasy.com if you want to purchase that right now and you don't really feel like being a patron i don't know why you would do that but you know you know if you got to do it you got to do it and let's not forget one of the best perks the newest perk the unlimited league where we have no positions all flex with a super flex uh, it's not even known how many teams are going to be in the league yet because we don't know how many people are joining the Patreon and all doing all that stuff. And on top of that, oh, on top of that, we're going to talk about it every week on the podcast. We're going to be like a, your own personal sports center. We're going to be talking about the matchups. Beta tested. Yeah. Beta tested. We oh, did yeah. this league last year. It was the funnest league I've ever been in in like 10 years of playing fantasy football. That's what gave us the idea. We all, all the writers, there was 12 writers for Broto at the time. And we all decided we we're going to get a 12 man league. We did all flexes. And it was incredibly fun. And we want to bring that to you guys. So, uh, yes, beta tested, beta tested and approved. Um, but today uh, we're, we're going to be jumping into we waited literally as long as we possibly could for this. And just so you know, if you're listening to this, it's a couple days after. But the Deshaun Watson, move, the Deshaun Watson news that he is suspended is something that happened just within the last few days. And it is new uh, ish to us so we are going to be talking about uh Deshaun Watson when we get to the quarterbacks but 
the first guy who we're going to talk about who has his work cut out for him in the offensive outlook is Kevin Stefanski, the head coach. Uh, man, year three, coach of the year in his first year. Last year did not meet expectations, but were was really just marred by injuries. Baker Mayfield got injured. Uh, There's a point both starting running backs got injured. Uh, their receiving core got injured. OBJ, the whole saga. It was just a, a bad situation for uh, the Browns. And uh, the lovable losers, not so lovable anymore. So it's going to be tough for people to, I mean, it's going to be tough for Kevin Stefanski to navigate, especially in this division. Uh, same offense, uh, offensive coordinator again, Alex Van Pelt. Last year, 20th in points per game. They ran 48.3% of the time. That was the fifth most in the NFL. Keep in mind, that was even with both starting running backs missing significant amount of time. Their best asset. PFF has their O-line second. Their additions, quarterback Deshaun Watson, quarterback Jacoby Brissett, and wide receiver Jakeem Grant. The rookies they drafted that are fantasy relevant, wide receiver David Bell in the third round. Their subtractions, uh, Baker Mayfield, center J.C. Treader, which, look, I'm not I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist here, but J.C. Treader had a good year last year. PFF grades were fine. He's the leader of the NFLPA. The NFLPA and the owners not seeing eye to eye at the moment uh, because of the collective bargaining um, and what and what's going on, J.C. Treader doesn't have a job right now. Coincidence? I don't know. Um, and quarterback Case Keenum. So with that being said, let's get into the quarterback. because This is the most interesting one. Uh, Deshaun Watson is going to play. He's going to miss 11 games. Um, he's suspended for 11 games. This is uh, the final. This is what's going to happen. Um Look, whatever you think of Deshaun Watson, whatever you think of what he did, whatever you think of that, we're going to try and put that aside uh, for right now and, and, and analyze the fantasy of it. Um, I, the NFL, you have to like they're – sli- they're such slime balls. But you have to like almost respect their evil empire where they just, just juice every cent out of anything. And they use this to juice it to the fact that the first game that Deshaun Watson is going to be back, who does he play? Of course – the Houston Texans. Um, so you know, the, the NFL those eleven games. games specifically for that reason because eight would have already been the biggest suspension for anybody that had ever done anything off field. Increased to ten was the word, the rumor. Um, so it it is legitimately eleven just for the Houston Texans like saga of it's that. it's crazy because the, and, and that's the only sudden, reason that's legitimately and, the only reason. And all of a sudden the soap opera continues, right? So let's we're, yeah. we're going to try not to pay attention to the soap opera. We're going to try and get into the actual uh, football of it. So let's get into it because Jacoby Jacoby Bursett is going to be <laughs> the Jacoby Bursett is going to be the starting quarterback for this team for eleven games, and then a guy who is going who just got fined five million dollars, which doesn't seem like a lot. But that's his entire salary for the, for the first year. Uh, five million dollars. Missed 11 games after missing an entire 17-game season and has to sit in court and be part of this public debate and get booed and all this stuff. And the last time he was on the field, his team won four games. He's going to come in in week 12, right? So this is not ideal if you're looking at the fantasy weapons on this team. So we're going to try and navigate this the best we can, but this is not really something that you handle all the time. This is not... This is not the regular. So let's get into the quarterbacks. How are we feeling about the quarterback situation for the for the Browns? Yeah, look, uh, speaking of the app, Jacoby Brissett is trash. See what I did there, Tim? I made fun of you for saying speaking of the app for no reason at all. Cool. I really didn't get that, but thank you for explaining your joke. Everyone knows the best jokes need to be explained. I mean, some people will, will figure it out, but look. Tim's backfire was funnier than your joke. <laughs> I, I disagree. 
But with that being said, look, Jacoby Brissett sucks. I'm sorry. We all know that. Last time he played, he was just the, the goal line back for the Indianapolis Colts coming in whenever Phillip Rivers needed a break to rush in a one-yard touchdown or a two-point conversion. Um, back during his days in New England, he was just a game manager type guy, and that was with the New England um, dynasty. And now he's in Cleveland. He's going to be a useless fantasy asset. And then with Deshaun Watson, 11-game suspension. There's a bye week. He doesn't return until week 13, right? Pointless of drafting him. If you draft a quarterback and stash him till week 13, like you need to like reconsider how you play fantasy football. That's just a terrible idea. Quarterback position is not the quarterback where you stash players like or it's not the position where you stash players like that. If it's week 10 and he's on waiver wires, then maybe you want to grab him, but drafting him is absolutely pointless. In best ball leagues, he makes zero sense. Like if you if you grab a high end quarterback, you only want to grab one other quarterback, right? You can't really grab Watson unless you want to take a zero when your high end quarterback has a buy. If you take two mid-range quarterbacks like a Kirk Cousins, say, and a Deshaun Watson, then you have to trust Deshaun Watson for the first 13 weeks. Second. And he also has a bye. If you take three quarterbacks, it's a bad idea because three quarterbacks is a minus value move. So there's no way, like, there's just no reason to draft Deshaun Watson in a best ball league logically either, um, unless you luck out and you draft, like, I don't know, like, say... Kyler Murray ends up being the QB one overall, and it doesn't matter that you missed his bye week, something like that. Um, but I'm not going to be drafting Deshaun Watson there in redraft leagues. He's undraftable, and he's not back to week 13. It's just it's a mess of a situation, and there's no reason to touch Cleveland Browns quarterbacks. I, th- yeah. I think they're going to trade for Jimmy G. Interesting. I, think they're gonna trade I, I don't think that Jacoby's going to start 11 games. And I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to be much of an upgrade for the fantasy assets. You can probably view them in the exact same way that you view them now um, because Jimmy G is going to be coming into a new offense that isn't Kyle Shanahan led if all of that happens. And like Shanahan's system is just, it is built for QBs to do nothing and succeed. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you should look at it any differently, but I, I do think that that's a real possibility that that rather than two undraftable quarterbacks, people are probably going to start looking at Jimmy G as a you know if it happens before the season starts like his adp is gonna rise probably into the top 20 yeah yeah uh i mean it, it would be a good oh, move. not overall what, the top 20 yeah. quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. i don't know what's going on with jimmy g at the moment but you know that is something that could definitely happen so let's let but let's assume right now that that's not going to happen and let's just let's go forward with you don't want to touch the quarterbacks, and that's understandable. A lot of people in your home league will probably draft Deshaun Watson and stash him on on your on their bench. Congratulations, let them do that. I promise you that those teams probably won't even be in the running to enjoy that um, for the most part, if that's the case. Um, with that being said, let's go to the running backs because we do have a lot of valuable uh, situations with these running backs. So Nick Chubb, last year he kind of fit the mold that he's always fit. He's just – he's probably the best pure running back in football. He has all the skills you need. He just does not catch the ball. Um, So he's Derrick Henry without the opportunity. And, you know, he's being drafted as that. So late round um, and late, late in the draft, Nick Chubb always scares me because he doesn't catch the ball. He's just not someone ever roster because of that. And then you got Kareem Hunt who, you know, he went through that whole saga this year with the, with that, but he can't seem to stay healthy, which is the big Kareem Hunt knock. 
Um, and then you have Dearness Johnson, who I think it because of the injury history of both these guys, I think Dearness Johnson is one of the better handcuffs to to have to to roster uh, if you're going to be rostering handcuffs. I mean, Kareem so, Hunt was injured last year. That was his first legitimate well, injury. Yeah. Like ever. Yeah. Like it's not like it's a. I mean, but but here's here's what I, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry. If if a running back gets hurt, right? You don't need both guys to get hurt for Dearness Johnson to have some sort of fantasy relevance, right? You only need one of them to get hurt. That's true. Yeah, that's absolutely so, true. So that's why I think that he's one of the rare handcuffs where, like, he's he's insurance for two guys. Uh, not a lot of people are insurance for two guys. Uh, but with that with that being said, um, how are we feeling about these running backs? Where would you take them, and how are you feeling about them? Yeah, I'm not a Nick Chubb guy. Um, it's evident that he's extremely talented, like you pointed out to him. One of the best pure runners in the game. It's a lot of fun watching him on the football field. Uh, but, like, his skill set is just not one that appeals to me in fantasy football, especially at his ADP. Like, if he was a third, fourth-round pick, like, he's a third-round pick and underdog ADP. I'm picking him every now and then there um, because you take advantage of the ups and downs that you get from Nick Chubb. But in a redraft league, like, he's going... Uh, like mid second-ish round and that's just I don't want Nick Chubb as one of my top two players he had six he played in 13 games last year he had six RB1 performances six outside the top 24 and one in between like Nick Chubb is oh I hope he scores a touchdown today because he's not going to catch passes and like sure he could run for 150 yards but even that 150 yards rushing is 15 points you could catch eight balls for 70 yards out of like Jacoby Myers. And that's an equal um, output in, uh, in PPR leagues. And that's not something that's super appealing to me. That's not something that's super appealed, appealing to me in the first or second round. Um, But then when you get come to Kareem hunt, I believe he's being like massively underpriced right now. ADP of RB 31. You could get him in like the eighth. Big time agree round eighth, ninth, 10th round. People forget. Insanity. Yeah, consistent top 20 running back every single season prior to his injury last year. Even last year before he got hurt, he was a top 16 running back in four of his first five games. Like he was a must start running back with Chubb on the field with Chubb on the field through the first five games last year. He was a top 20 RB the year before in Cleveland. He requested a trade. Cleveland basically said no. Look, he's either going to be on the field in Cleveland, having his role basically splitting work with Hunt and being the, excuse me, splitting work with Chubb and being the main pass catching option in that backfield as well, or he's going to get traded and he's going to go to a better landing spot. Like being at 1A, 1B with Nick Chubb is not ideal for his fantasy outlook, but it's impossible for him to go somewhere. Like no team is going to trade for Kareem Hunt if they have a Nick Chubb caliber running back on their team. So he's going to go somewhere where he's going to get even more burn. Like if he gets traded to a team he's where he could be traded, the automatic starter, he's not even talking I mean, talk about. It. He's making the sixth most money of any running back in the league. He's not getting yeah, traded. Yeah, but he he away. requested a trade. We, he's not going. Nowhere. Maybe they do trade him. But either way, yeah. like I no. like him in Cleveland, and if he does get traded, I'll like him too. Like at a, uh, the ADP of RB thirty one, he's an easy pick for me. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I, I find myself when I'm mock drafting or in anything like that, like. I don't even want Kareem Hunt necessarily, but he's there so late. It's just like, and he's clearly the best player on the board right now. And without, without Deshaun, even with him, the way like, you know, what we're about to talk about him, but like that wide receiver room, like Kareem Hunt might be the number one pass catcher on that offense. It's, it's interesting because I think Kareem Hunt's Kareem Hunt's pass catching numbers in general uh, have not been like, I, I want, I've wanted to see, um, 
you know, I, I feel like he he's capable of more. And this is the same offense. I'm I'm not. They seem to be like a ground and pound kind of old school kind of situation. But Jacoby much Jacoby Brissett is a dump off guy, so could could increase. Maybe Nick Chubb going to run through their ground game this year, hundred percent. Oh yeah, it's going to be the right. it's going to be ground and pound yeah. all day. But I mean, I, I like on that point. note too, is like Kareem Hunt had Oats on shared snaps, outscored um, Nick Chubb in two of those six games before he got hurt. Like had more points than he did on less snaps. So like the the guy can literally play forty percent of the snaps, forty five percent of the snaps in an even split with an RB one and put up RB one points per game. Yeah, it's uh de- definitely Kareem Hunt is a is screaming value right now, but I would value. stay away from insanity. Yeah, I would stay away from Nick Chubb, though, like Michael said. All right, let's get I into these wide receivers. Uh, Matt, so you, uh, if anyone knows, uh, could tell us about maybe David Bell's importance to the offense. I know it's going to be you. Uh, besides that, you got a whole bunch of guys that I don't really want to touch, uh, starting with Amari Cooper. So what are your – I mean, I think we're going to go back to Amari Cooper, uh, to be honest. <laughs> I think this one has a, a lot of bust written all over because, like we've talked That's about – on the pod before, Amari Cooper is a fake alpha. So what is it? What do we mean by fake alpha? It means when he faces shitty cornerbacks and doesn't get double teams, he has the ability to get open a lot and he does very well. But when he faces one of the big, uh, one of the big corners, or if he's on a situation where he he can easily be schemed out of a game, if you're the wide receiver one for Jacoby Brissett, like, <laughs> I I don't want none of that, none of it. So. Um, yeah. How are you feeling about this wide receiver room? Well, fake Alva's right, man. And I'll give you an analytical example of what that means. It means that a guy that seemingly earns targets, but can't do anything with them. Like Amari Cooper has earned over a hundred targets in every single season of his career, except for one, except for one in 2015, he had 130 targets and he finishes the wide receivers 27 in points per game. The following Bro, season, disgusting. 131. 131 targets, wide receiver 16 points per game. Following season, 108 targets, 21 in points per game. 119 targets, 14th in points per game. Another 130 target season, 21st in points per game. And then last year, 103 targets, 25th in points per game. Like Amari Cooper can get all the opportunity you want, and he just doesn't do anything with it when you're comparing that opportunity share to other teams like sure you can call him the wide receiver one in Cleveland because he absolutely is and he's going to get a wide receiver one target share because he's done it before but look at what he's done with that target share on way better offenses as well like this was in Dallas without CD Lamb two of those years right like and, and just could never crack wide receiver one like he is he is only a wide receiver one in alpha in name he's never been one in scoring yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I could not agree with you more. Amari Pooper, Amari Pooper is one of my one of my big fades this year. I don't want I don't want anything to, to do with I don't want anything to do with Amari Cooper. Nothing. Yeah, yeah I like I have no interest overall in wide receiver twenty three. Like, there's so many hard passes in the top sixty, man. Like so many good targets with and even in that range you're starting to look at guys that almost have like sure their ceilings are unpredictable, but they're undeniably great. Like there's people in that area that are like. Yeah, with opportunity, he could be a wide receiver one. And you know that's not true about Amari. <laughs> like, you know that's not true because he's had that opportunity. And I mean, yeah, now he's not, you know, the, the joke is always that he's like still 23, you know. But like Amari Cooper's already on the decline in his age. And he's not like some dusty old wide receiver. But he's consistently been putting up like the worst seasons since his best season. You know, and every Cowboys- season has been a decline since then. 
I know the Cowboys let him walk because they probably wanted to sign Randy Gregory, but they let him walk for if oh 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 step two. There Bless you, go. you brother. Right. They, they let him walk less for than a, that sneeze. Or yeah, for less than that sneeze, and they just gave him away for and they re-signed Michael Gallup with some of that money, who has a torn freaking knee up. He tore his knee up, you know, like so it's like there's there's something to be said there. I don't no no thank for you sure. on that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, so give me. Give me Amon Ross St. Brown over him, Elijah Moore, Juju Smith. That's what I mean. Yeah, the these are the guys that I'm talking exactly. Guys that have legit like wide receiver top twelve ceilings. If you know opportunity falls in the right direction, like those are the guys that I'm interested in that range. And we know, like literally, you can give Amari Cooper 150 targets, and he'll only be wide receiver 20. <laughs> like, yeah. so yeah, I'm just all the way out. And I mean, man, rookie breakouts are we've reiterated on the pod and I don't think you should be expecting a top 24 points per game season from David Bell, just because he's in a position where he's got good opportunity at to like take over as an alpha next to a fake alpha, but also on a poor offense. And he's going to be playing 11 of his 13 rookie season games with Jacoby Brissett, which is not the best developmental plan on a team. That's going to run the ball 63% of the time. Right. So like I really, really like David Bell as a prospect. And I, I want to tell the people why, because his athletic testing kind of made him fall off the draft boards, too, because he was for sure a higher rated prospect than George Pickens was coming in. And obviously they got drafted about a round and a half apart. But as a true freshman, David Bell broke out with 86 receptions, a thousand and thirty five yards and seven touchdowns at 18 years old. He followed that up in just six games in 2020 due to COVID shortened season with 53 catches for 625 yards and eight touchdowns, eight touchdowns in six games. And then on the next season in a full season in his final year before declaring um, declared early as a junior, which we love to see for wide receivers. He had 93 catches for 1,286 yards and another six touchdowns. He's never had a target share, even as a freshman below 25%. Like this kid is a baller, bro. He is the definition of an analytical dream. His athletic profile just killed that range of outcomes. But then it's funny because he just falls under the range of outcomes like Keenan Allen and Mike Evans and Devonte Adams. And that's still something you can feel pretty good about when you're investing as a dynasty manager in redraft leagues, 141 overall, like wide receiver 62. So like, yeah, there's definitely some upside and some value there I can't deny that, but it's, you know, what about Donovan gonna- Jones? Because I feel like Donovan Peoples-Jones has had some appeal when Baker was the guy because Baker is – he liked him. Um, So one of the stats that I have written down here is that for a four-game stretch, Donovan Peoples-Jones was the only Browns that caught a receiving touchdown. (laughs) So, yeah, Baker really did like him. And and I think because, you know, Mike's here and and the guide is out, like I think DPJ offers some decent best ball value because he probably has a similar ceiling of scoring to David Bell and goes later even. So I, I do think there's a little bit of like, if you don't have to set your lineups and he can explode for 15 points, like, you know, three catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. He's very much a, a big play guy. And especially in those final weeks, like where um, hopefully their offense will be clicking a little more and you can expect a little bit of a higher scoring ceiling. Uh, he might have a more upside there, um, but that's also the areas that I would expect, you know, David Bell to have a little more upside and Amari Cooper yeah. to probably have a, you know, round out a season with some solid scoring and make, make people think he's a good asset again, <laughs> you know? So like, 
yeah, those two final options out of them, I prefer David Bell as the player um, and probably as the the a more like he'll be on the outside every play where DP, DPJ will come in on three wide receiver sets for deep balls. Um, but yeah, he can All right. he can catch touchdowns. <laughs> All right, let's get into these tight ends. Speaking of catching touchdowns, because this was a crowded field. Um it, it was Austin Hooper. It was David Njoku. But now Austin Hooper has cleared, and David Njoku is still there, although Harrison Bryant is uh, still on the squad. Uh, so how do you feel about David Njoku? He just got the extension. He got the money. He got paid. People were very surprised that that happened. But David Njoku is always the type of guy where you're like, he looks apart. Um, he makes these big plays sometimes out of nowhere. Uh, so how are you feeling about David Njoku? Is he someone that you maybe take a late-round flyer on? With all that said about the wide receivers and kind of because of that, like de facto, I do like David Njoku. Tight end 17, 167th overall. I kind of like him as like a even a last pick, like um, faded tight end. Like now I can get somebody that has maybe a little bit of upside. They're going to have to throw the ball to somebody. Like, and I don't like trying to pick you know, again, hey, along with Tim, it's like things that have never happened before, right? <laughs> um, I don't like putting my chips in on things that have never really happened before. But in his second season, he was tight end 10 overall in points per game, um, tight end 10 overall and tight end 10 in points per game, rather. So Njoku has showed uh, tight end one upside early on in his career. But since then, it's just not really been what you want to see. But the Browns had enough confidence to make him the fifth highest paid tight end in the NFL right now with guaranteed money involved. And the kid is just like, he is an athletic monster. 6'5", 250, ran a 4'6", uh, has a 99th percentile uh, burst score and like a 95th percentile catch radius because of his 37-inch arms. Like he, he does look the part and he plays when healthy like he can be that guy. Like you've seen, look at those, some of those crazy four touchdowns last season, but those crazy, like, you know, over the top of everybody, one-handed Calvin Johnson grabs that he was making in the corner of the end zone and then tap, tapping down with four feet. And you're like, wait a second, that dude's 250. Like, so he has flashes, almost more flashes than like a guy like Evan Ingram even, but they've never been consistent. That's why I do like him late. And that's baked in. Um, There's some upside there, man. And if that's your first tight end when you're you know you faded the position through 12 rounds i love it to be honest yeah i agree with you a lot of a lot of upside there with david njoku all right the browns it's going to be an interesting season with them they're going to be facing a lot of scrutiny uh they're going to be uh definitely they're going to be treated like a new york team in cleveland so let's see how these guys handle it let's see how they handle it uh with that being said bold predictions i will go first this is gonna this is gonna be mean, but whatever. Deshaun Watson does not finish any game as a wide receiver one this season. I think the well, I would one, hope not. He's a quarterback. quarterback. Quarterback one or wide receiver one. I'm going really out there. <laughs> Running back one, maybe. No, but uh, I just think that That's look when true. you it's a quarterback when you haven't been playing for a long time, it, it's you get back in the swing of things. And honestly, if you've been playing for a year and a half, Deshaun Watson has had some soft tissue issues in the past. Right, and we all know the soft tissues linger. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets out there and pulls a hamstring within in his first game because he just hasn't seen the field. Uh, so I'm just gonna say uh, Deshaun Watson with no QB one performances. Do not draft Deshaun Watson, Matt. What's your bold prediction? Uh, let's do uh, David and Joku as a tight end one in points. Or, you know, points per game. Yeah, let's do it points per game. So. Nice. That's only like a 10 point per game ceiling, <laughs> but I think he can That's do right. it. I mean, he's going at like 
tight end like what, tight end 17, 17 i, I yeah, really do bold. think he could that's bold. He, he really does because i mean if you think that a guy like noah fant has finished as high as tight end eight averaging 9.8 points per game like it, and joku really does have that ceiling fucking tight ends michael stop yawning I'm catching tight me in the middle of your yawn go ahead fucking tight I'm still uh i'm you know trying to get back into from greece the my sleeping schedule is still a little out of whack. So. That's because you didn't do the right thing that they the day you got here, man. You should have just stayed up until the nighttime. That's what that's you got to do. That's, yeah, that's I did do that. Still though. Oh, oh, still. So you, oh, so you're just a B. I got it. Yeah, you know, I would say Amari Cooper, um, outside the top thirty receivers and points per game. That's a good one. Yeah. I like all of our. That is good. I bet it's also like probably going to happen. Yeah. Bold <laughs> predictions, bold predictions, guys. Remember, uh, don't hold us ex- extremely to it. It's like a, it's like a hot take. Anyway, with that being said, you could find us all. Let me take this away. You can find us all on Twitter at BrotoFFTim, at BrotoFFMike, at PsychWardFF, and uh, you could find us at BrotoFantasy, at BrotoFFJason, at BrotoFFCast, at FF by Broto. Uh, yeah. Go follow us. And guys, the next time you hear us, it's going to be the last heat wave of the year. The Baltimore wow. Ravens. Wow. 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 See you then. Wow. Later.